We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Twenty minutes a day. 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Packaday Podcast. You can get all your Packaday updates by following us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. Remember, you can always subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can check us out at cheeseheadtv.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I'm joined by both of my co-hosts, Andrew Mertig and Maggie Loney. We're back for a Friday edition of the podcast. How are you guys doing? Yeah, doing well. It's been a, a very long week, but we have football tonight. And more importantly, next week, we're going to be talking about an actual Packers preseason game. Yeah. How it's you doing, been a, I mean, it's been a lot of fun seeing Packers football like on the timeline again, even though it's not real football, just getting little glimpses from training camp. So I think everybody's getting you know, really invested again for football to be back. Yeah, of course, we are in the middle of training camp. We're here. Uh, the Hall of Fame game is on. We're watching the Jets and the Browns. I should say Packers East is on your television. Uh, we're getting closer and closer to the 2023 NFL season, so that's exciting. So we wanted just to spend a couple minutes sharing a few thoughts from what's going on in training camp. Of course, the Packers did practice today, and the biggest concern for the Packers might not be 
how Jordan Love is going to replace a future Hall of Fame quarterback. It might actually be who's going to kick the ball, who's going to kick the extra points, the field goals in this coming season. So, guys, how concerned are we with rookie Anders Carlson, the kicker, in his training camp thus far? Yeah, we will not refer to him as Daniel Carlson for the entire episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, no, I, I think I think you have to be wildly concerned because changing kickers midstream is always a recipe for disaster in the NFL, unless you just happen to fall into Harrison Butker or something. Um, I, I guess if this is just going to create a situation where they go for it on fourth down 60% of the time and, in, in, you know, when they're marching the ball down the field, then I guess, you know, sign me up for that. But if we get the pleasant surprise of a playoff competitive team, a bad kicker will likely cost you that chance all on their own, regardless of how the rest of your team is playing. Yeah, I talked about this a little bit with Perry on Pax, what she said, but I think the concern, right, is that the easy kicks don't seem easy at this point. And I know that easy is subjective, of course, to an NFL kicker and, you know, the people watching from the couch, but the Packers aren't going to cut ties with him. It's not that kind of issue. You know, they they sought him out. He's a rich Passaccia guy. They're going to weather the growing pains, but the growing pains, I think, could come at the price where you have a new franchise quarterback and a young offense and you're trying to develop them and give them confidence and let them score points. And it's different when you had Mason Crosby, who was basically automatic inside 55 yards. So if Jordan Love takes you down to like the 30 and Anders misses a kick, it's a wasted drive. Your offense loses momentum. So I think we're talking about an offense that's going to need all the points that they can get. And you don't want to have to wonder every time your kicker trots out onto the field if you're going to get three points after a successful drive. Yeah, I'm with both of you guys. I'm all for developing young players, right? This is kind of where we kind of have a lot of our fun is watching these guys come through the college ranks and then become NFL players, uh, and especially as Packers. But kicker's a position where you'd like to see the consistency before they're placed in those pressure situations in game-winning moments, right? You're hoping that they get those chances and you hope that they're ready. And especially when someone like Mason is still out there, I would also like to just see them bring in the vet and just get someone that you can trust to have back there. So unless Anders really flips a switch, it feels like sticking with him is more stubbornness right now than it is actually a good process. Yeah, and regardless of how the situation ends and the Packers, you know, who the Packers end up going with as kicker this year, I really do hope that they hang on to Anders Carlson, especially given what has happened with his brother. Minnesota drafts him, gives up on him midseason, goes out to uh, the Raiders, and then Mm -hmm. ends up becoming a Pro Bowl kicker over Mm -hmm. time. Kicker, just like any other position, can be developmental, and so... Um, I hope it's not just a total give up on Anders early, really waiting to see what they have with them. Let me interject just really quickly, because I, I, this is a negative conversation, and I asked the question, so I knew that this is where we were going to go. But I do think the context is the Packers knew kind of what they were getting in Anders when they drafted him, because there was no looking at his college rap sheet and going like, this is a guy who's ready to step in and be just clutch all the time. Like, that's not who he's ever been. So I think that Vasashia thinks that he can pull that out of him. We just need it to happen fast, right? Like, that's the concern is, like, we're going to need this. Jordan Love's going to need that confidence that when he gets down into scoring range, someone's going to be able to put the ball through the uprights. So, yeah, as Andrew said, the developmental picture is there. It's just, like, does it happen, period, and can it happen quickly? I think that's where you have to be concerned. 
Definitely. And the Packers do have some time to figure out who the kicker is going to be. But let's talk about a little bit more of a positive subject. What has you feeling the most optimistic after what we've seen or heard about through training camp thus far? And I'm going to go first because I think you two took the better topics. (laughs) Uh, And I'm just going to say safety is the most alarming position on this team. And it, it doesn't always get talked about. It certainly is the weakness. I think people are aware of that. But everybody's concerned about what's happening on the offensive side of the ball, how the rest of the defense is going to develop. But certainly at safety, it's just all question marks. And I think if I am... Being a realistic fan, I'm not hoping for Ed Reed back there. I just want a solid player who is going to make the tackles that they need to and be in the right position the large majority of the time. And that's why I was really excited about the signing of Jonathan Owens from the Texans, because in a really, really bad defense on a really, really bad team, Jonathan Owens was really solid last season. And I, I had the hope that maybe he could be that. And it does seem like over the last day, maybe two days, that more has been coming out that Owens could potentially be in the mix to be a starter this year, potentially even supplanting Darnell Savage, who has been anything but the solid player that I've been talking about. So for me, the reason to get optimistic is that the Packers could potentially have two really just solid, average safeties you can rely on in Jonathan Owens, Rudy Ford. That would get me really pumped about the uh, rest of the defense. Yeah, Kyle, I know you want to talk about the rookie class, so I'm going to go ahead and talk about last year's rookie class, specifically Devontae Wyatt and Zach Tom. It sounds like Devontae Wyatt is just doing everything you'd want from a second-year pro, getting a ton of push in one-on-ones with the O-line and just appearing to be an all-around menace. And I think that impact is, of course, going to be huge for letting Kenny Clark move around and finally getting him some help along the defensive line. I also want to talk about Zach Tom, who's not only in a battle for the starting right tackle spot, but we saw earlier this week that he was taking snaps at center instead of Josh Myers. And it sounds like he also this offseason added about 15 pounds to his frame. So he's bulking up more to kind of have that quote unquote tackle build for the NFL. Um, David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins both praised him quite a bit in their own pressers. Um, Elton Jenkins at his locker called him Mr. Do-It-All. So I think that that's just a ton to be excited about. Two really, really talented elite offensive linemen like what they see in the second year, Zach Tom. It's going to be really fun to see how the Packers get their best five on the field for that offensive line. And Tom making that a difficult decision is a really, really good thing. So exciting to watch that. I did snag the rookie class from 2023. I took the fun thing here and made you guys uh, go with the other topics. So this rookie class is looking as advertised, and that may not be super exciting. All these guys are rookies, so they're not going to come in. They're not going to play like veterans right away. But you can kind of get a vibe for how these players are going to pan out. You can't tell, you know, if they're going to be pro bowlers or anything like that right away, at least. But you can usually tell if they're just not going to hit. Like if these guys are just absolutely not going to be good, you kind of get that flavor pretty early on in training camp it feels like most of the time the good news is that it feels like most of the Packers draft class has at least met expectations thus far we've had the wow moments from Hercules Van Ness we've uh, seen Musgrave looking like a matchup nightmare out there who's got the movement skills of a much smaller player 
Jaden Reed is showing up and making plays and looks like he's going to be that speed and explosive that the, the Packers were really hoping that he would bring to the offense. And even guys like Carrington Valentine, like a seventh round corner, have been relatively impressive. So Brian Gutekunst, the Packers organization, they had to hit on this class. Like it was so important coming out of what they've come out of with the transition from Rodgers and just going a different direction as they retooled this team for the future. And so far in camp, it is really early. So preface all of that, but it feels like Green Bay is going to hit on four, five, maybe even six of these rookies to at least be contributors. And if that happens, that's a really big deal for this franchise. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. So you're telling me Carrington Valentine seems like a pretty good value from this past draft class. Is, is that something you're saying, Kyle? I'm saying that, yes. Yes. Oh, okay. I wonder what I could anybody have had the foresight to see that coming. <laughs> Maybe somebody who had him as the 89th overall prospect in the draft. I don't know. We made it about 15 minutes into the podcast without Andrew tooting his own horn, so that is <laughs> near a record, but we haven't we haven't talked draft boards in a while. So uh, Andrew getting a little bit of credit there. I like it. Like it. If I don't talk positively about myself, who else is going to? How are you doing, uh, Jalen Hyatt? Hyatt, are you just watching those all day, like wishing that he was a Green Bay Packer? Is that is that like, are you still doing that? Hey, we'll see. 
We'll, right. we'll, we'll see what happens. All, All right. right. So uh, I had an idea for us to hit on a topic because we are certainly on, on the eve of the Jordan Love era, officially kicking off. Jordan Love officially becoming the face of the franchise for the Green Bay Packers. So I thought it would be fun to dig up our time capsule from April 24th, 2020. Why? Mm-hmm. Well, it was actually the first draft night Maggie joined Kyle and I on the podcast. It was the night that Jordan Love was drafted. So I wanted to go back and get what our actual thoughts were on that night. So we're going to talk nearly verbatim about what our instant reactions were to the Jordan Love pick. See if some of those things have come to fruition over the last three seasons uh, and see, you know, where we may have uh, been a, a little too optimistic or a little too pessimistic. So I will kick us off in all fairness. And uh, when the Packers pick came in, I, I said, you know, Kyle and I talk about sometimes we have to be the psychiatrist for Packers Nation. Jordan Love is a fascinating move, and I had a lot of mixed emotions. How is Aaron Rodgers going to take this? I think we do. <laughs> uh, when do fans start clamoring for love? All these things were super interesting. But before we can get into all of this, I wanted to share my scouting report on love. Uh, I said he has tons of natural gifts, cannon for an arm, really tremendous athlete, but is very much pass first, will make phenomenal throws and also miss some easy ones. Interceptions are often a result of inaccuracy rather than poor decision making, though he does miss an underneath zone defender from time to time. He has a loopy throwing motion that may need to get corrected, doesn't process the defense particularly well, but can keep a play alive. His footwork can get really sloppy. You can absolutely see what the what gives Scout so much hope for love but he will be a serious project for a team that could potentially pay huge dividends. That is to say, you could almost take my scouting report word for word and apply it to Aaron Rodgers in 2005. But are Lafleur and Nathaniel Hackett up to developing love into the next great Green Bay quarterback? They're going to have two years, eh, scratch that, (laughs) three years of Rodgers to develop Jordan Love behind number 12. So Kyle, what was your scouting report like? Uh, so interesting. Okay, so this is this is verbatim what I said in 2020. I have to say that when I saw Green Bay was trading up, I thought it was going to be for Patrick Queen. There was some buzz around Queen and the Ravens, and I thought maybe that was the move they were getting up to get above them. Denzel Mims, I thought that was another op- opportunity that they may be taking, even though I didn't really see the need for them to trade up for Mims. But Jordan Love was the pick. Wow. When his name popped up, I wasn't upset, just shocked, and it actually happened. What's really interesting is that there were no teams between 26 and 30 who were thought to be highly interested in love. So you have to assume that this trade-up was to get in front of other teams who would have been interested in trading up for love. Clearly, Gutekunst really likes this kid. It wasn't a situation where he was just going to sit there and take him if he fell in their lap. He went up and got him. Uh, there's a ton of criticism around this pick already, but I will say that I watched Jordan Love expecting not to like him, and I actually came away really impressed. He played LSU, made some incredible plays in that game. One of his last games of the year was against Kent State, and again, this was prefaced Kent State is Kent State, but my goodness, Love marched his offense up and down the field over and over again with accuracy and rhythm, and the defense just couldn't get a stop, and Love kept putting up points. I tweeted, I thought 2020 was probably a little bit early for a quarterback, 
but I came away watching Jordan Love thinking that he was going to be a really good NFL quarterback someday. Apparently, Gutekunst thinks that right now, and apparently I was wrong about 2020 being early. Yeah, it's kind of wild that this was my first ever show with you guys, and we had this moment (laughs) that we had to talk about. Um, So I said something very similarly along the lines of, this is the Gutekunst legacy. That's how this feels tonight. Ron Wolf had Brett Favre, Ted Thompson had Aaron Rodgers. This is Goot trading up to get his own quarterback of the future in Jordan Love. Whatever else happens with Darius Smith, cringe compared to Reggie White and Charles Woodson in free agency. This is Goot's defining moment. I get the frustration here. I do. The Packers traded up for someone they hope doesn't start for three years, but it's night one. And finding a reliable quarterback that could take the reins in the future is invaluable after living through the Hunley and Kaiser experiments. The good news is the draft isn't one night long. There's still a great depth of talent available, especially in night two for Green Bay to jump on that'll make an immediate impact now. All right. So just so interesting to listen to all of us <laughs> go through that. But so many of our observations were spot on, right? Like Andrew mentioned wondering how Rodgers was going to react to this pick. I mean, if there's any notable take, that's, you know, that is an understatement for the next years to follow. But did that end up just, you know, obviously was the elephant in the room that we all just saw play out. Maggie and I talked about this being a Gutekind's legacy pick and that Goody really believes in love. And uh, we've seen that play out now, right? The push came to shove and Gutekind stuck with love and pulled the rare trade on a future Hall of Famer quarterback so that his guy could get his fair shot. The legacy, of course, is still being written, still being defined. But clearly, Love is going to be the defining chapter in that Brian Gutekind's legacy. And Maggie mentioned that the pick felt strange because you kind of knew that Green Bay was hoping that they wouldn't need Love for three years. And here we are, right? Three years into Love's career, and he really hasn't done much but sit the bench. And in year four, four years, right? He's he's finally going to get the reins, and we're about to see if this is a long-term investment that was actually Gutekind's being a genius and planning for the future. Or if it's going to be something else, we don't know yet. But it's almost eerie to hear those takes from 2020. Yeah, I'm absolutely just distraught talking about Zedarius Smith being in that Goot legacy signing the same way we talked about guys like Reggie White and Charles Woodson. But obviously he had the the really strong 2019. We know how that ended. Preston Smith, Adrian Amos definitely had the longer, more notable careers in Green Bay with Preston, of course, still being the face of the edge unit while Gary recovers. But I do want to talk about that because I think players like Jair Alexander and Rashawn Gary at this point are just as much legacy picks for, for Brian Gutekunst as Jordan Love is. And a franchise quarterback, of course, is franchise altering in a way that no other position truly can be. But the really phenomenal players that Goot has drafted shouldn't take away from a quarterback pick if it's a swing and a miss. And I mean, we heard Roger say that he was all but certain that he planned to retire after the starkness retreat. We don't know how his career would have ended with the Packers or how much longer he would have played, even without a Jordan Love selection. So while this is an exercise where we react to our reactions, it's also kind of an exercise in futility because knowing how everything has unfolded, the pick was absolutely necessary at the time to prepare for life after Aaron Rodgers. You know, no one I think could have expected him to go in back-to-back MVPs. And it's a good thing that the Packers now have a quarterback that they think is ready to go with the departure of their Hall of Famer to the Jets. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's really interesting to just kind of go back and match up what our expectations were on draft night and kind of see how it's really the same thing. This is still sort of a mystery pick, but understanding the upside and, and the potential ramifications here and and to sort of bridge off of your conversation on legacy, Maggie, I, I think that's true. Goot has hit some really big hits. <laughs> uh, with with Jair and Rashawn, and and we think maybe you know just talking about camp tonight, you, you we're we're talking about the sophomore classes, rookie class. There's the opportunity for him to hit a few more big ones, but is this going to be a really good defense and an offense that kind of like gets pulled along for the ride? Or can Jordan Love be, you know, a top 10 quarterback and then make this into a truly Super Bowl contending team? Uh, And that we don't know, but we will find out. I thought it was really interesting to take a look at what we thought on draft night and kind of compare that to where we're at right now. And certainly not a whole lot of things have changed. And that's what's going to make these next few weeks and certainly these next few months really, really exciting and interesting but that is all the time that we have for today. It's been the Packer Day Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit. You can find Maggie at Maggie J. Loney. And you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please subscribe and rate the podcast. You can catch Kyle, Maggie, and myself every Friday. Next week we'll be back with a preview of the Packers' first preseason game. Because it is next Friday. <laughs> Football is back. Thanks for listening. And as always, remember... Go, hey, go!